You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning. We're going to Psalm 77 is where we'll start. Uh, This morning, let's uh, look here in verse 77. I'd, I'd like to Uh, Start off by saying uh, we are living in crazy times. The state of our country is uh, something that I I never thought we would be in. It almost seems uh, like a a civil war uh, again. Uh, There's just a division uh, being brought in our country, and it seems to be growing every day. And uh, maybe you're human like me, and sometimes I often think in my heart, why does it seem like the wicked prosper? Why does it seem like everything is just smooth sailing for them, and why are they getting their way? I've asked that question before, and uh, Jeremiah has asked that question. He asked in chapter 12 of Jeremiah, he said, Wherefore doth the way of the wicked prosper? Wherefore are all they uh, happy that deal very treacherously? As we look at Psalm 77 this morning, and starting in verse 6, the Bible says, I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart, and my spirit made diligent search. This is a psalm of Asaph. He was the song leader for David. And he's, uh, he's searching his own heart, and he's asking some similar questions. In verse 7, he says, Will the Lord cast off forever? Will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Doth his promise fail forevermore? Hath God forgotten to be gracious? Hath he in anger shut up his tender mercy? Selah. Think about it. Meditate on that. And I said, this is my infirmity. The questions that I've been asking myself, that's my infirmity. But I will remember the years of the right hand of the Most High. I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember thy wonders of old. I will meditate also on all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? And uh, surely Asaph was discouraged in this time of his life, but toward the end of the psalm, uh, later on in that passage there, he was encouraged because he found the answer. And the answer is God, uh, it may seem like the wicked prospers, but God will always have the last say and he knows what he's doing. But maybe you've asked the same questions this morning. Maybe you've asked questions like, why do good things happen to the wicked? And why do bad things happen to those who are righteous? Why is it that right now that everything seems so backward? And people calling good evil and evil good. These questions Asaph was asking as well. And uh, turn with me just a page back to uh, Psalm 73. We find a similar passage of Asaph asking and wondering and perplexed at the same situation. He says in verse 1, Truly, God is good to Israel, and to that I say, Amen, even to such as are of a clean heart. Amen. Then in verse 2, he says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. Why is he slipping? For I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. When we read Psalms, uh, it kind of lays out for us, especially in this psalm, First, we're seeing here the state of the wicked. And what is their current state? Well, I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Verse 4, for there are no bands in their death, but their strength is firm. 
They are, not troubled in, uh, they are not in trouble as other men, neither are they plagued like other men. Therefore, pride compasseth them about as a chain. Violence covereth them as a garment. Their eyes stand out with fatness. They have more than a heart could wish. They are corrupt and speak wickedly concerning oppression. They speak loftily. That's the state of the wicked right now. It seems like they're prospering. Why is it? Why does it seem so easy for them to do what they want to do? And why are they having pleasure in doing it? Then we see the stunts of the wicked, not just the state of the wicked, but the stunts of the wicked there as we continue in verse 9. They set their mouth against the heavens and their tongue walketh through the earth. Uh, therefore his people return hither and waters of a full cup are wrung out uh, to them. They say, how doth God know and is there knowledge in the most high? Behold, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world. They increase in riches. Verily, I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocency. For all the day long I have been plagued and chastened every morning. If I say I will speak thus, behold, I should offend against the generation of thy children. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Asaph was discouraged. Why do I suffer when the wicked prosper? Then we see the summary of the wicked, and Asaph again, he gets his solution in verse 17, I saw all this, but until I went into the sanctuary of God, until I went to church, then I understood their end. Surely thou didst set them in slippery places. Thou cast them down into destruction. How are they brought into desolation? As in a moment, they are utterly consumed with terrors. As a dream when one awaketh, so, O Lord, when thou awakest, thou shalt despise their image. Thus my heart was grieved, and I was pricked in my reign. So foolish was I, and ignorant. I was as a beast before thee. God, why did I doubt you? 23, nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by my right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me to glory. Whom, am, whom have I in heaven but thee? And there is none upon earth that I desire beside thee. My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. For lo, they that are far from thee shall perish. Thou hast destroyed all them that go a-whoring from thee. But it is good for me to draw near to God. I have put my trust in the Lord, that I may declare all thy works. Considering the wicked and their ways, I, I want a purpose in my heart to stay right with God. And why is that? Because Asaph understood Yes, he may have the same questions as you've had in recent days. Maybe you've been confused as to why the wicked are prospering. But it is in this day that we live that we must decide what we're going to do about it. We must decide if we're going to stay discouraged and give in and give up, or we will decide to choose the Lord. That is the decision that we have to make this morning. There's a phrase that we see uh, several times in the book of Psalms, and I'm going to bring our attention to that in our message this morning. But the phrase is three words, as for me. As for me, we all must make a decision for ourselves. What are we going to decide? We see the state of the wicked. We see the situations going on. We understand their ends. So what am I going to decide? As for me. Heavenly Father, I pray that you bless as we get into this message this morning. And as we make the decision this morning, as for me, help us to make the decisions uh, that we cover today. May we be encouraged today, not at the prosperity of the wicked, but understanding that, Lord, we have so much uh, better portion 
that's found in thee. God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, to receive the message, help our hearts to be open. And uh, God, I pray that you do a great work in us this morning. Thank you for your faithfulness. Pray that you'd help me to say the words that you'd have me to say this morning and refrain, uh, Lord, from the words that you'd have me not to say. And God will give you all the glory for what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Number one, as, uh, as we look at this phrase, as for me, uh, maybe your, your mind goes to the, the well-known passage of Scripture that says, in Joshua, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so if you're taking notes this morning, that's my first point. As for me, I will serve the Lord. Or as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You don't have to take your Bible there uh, this morning. I'll, I'll just read it briefly. And uh, you can stay in Psalms because we'll be there for the majority of the message. But Joshua 24 verse 14 says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your fathers served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt. Serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And so the decision that I'm making today is this. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Is that a decision that you will make today? Because if you don't make a decision today to serve the Lord, the Bible says that uh, as for me and my house, we'll serve the Lord, but the alternative to that is to serve your own gods. The alternative to that is to go, and, go ahead and serve the, the things of this world. But we know the end of that matter. And so today, as for me, I will serve the Lord. That word serve simply means in Scripture to obey and to worship. It's twofold. We obey what God has instructed us to do. We take His Word and we obey and we worship Him. We reverence Him. We have that fear of the Lord. Psalm 5, verse 7 says, But as for me, there's that phrase, I will come into thy house, in the multitude of thy mercy and in thy fear will I worship toward thy temple, thy holy temple. You must decide for yourself. And it's, it's a decision that cannot be put off. You have to decide today. If you think that you can delay a decision in serving the Lord, you've already made your decision. You've made your decision not to serve the Lord. So the question that we must uh, make, uh, the, the question that's presented, the decision we must make today is simply, will we serve God? The wicked are prospering. It looks bleak. You turn on the news and you see every negative thing that you could possibly think of. And so what are we going to do about it as Christians, as children of God, as soldiers of Christ? What are we going to decide? What are we going to decide? Demas hath forsaken me, Paul said, having loved this present world. You know, Demas in the Bible, he, he was put in a good position. Man, he was a Christian. He was, he was labeled as a fellow laborer with the Apostle Paul. He had so much potential. But yet he chose for himself to, uh, the, to, to serve the pleasures of this world. Charles Spurgeon said, He who does not serve God where he is would not serve God anywhere else. We must decide to serve him where we are. Pastor uh, Jack Treber from uh, North Valley Baptist Church in California, he said in a book, uh, You will never go forward in life when you trade serving God with serving the world. As for me, I will serve God. Number two, I'd like you to turn to Psalm 17 this morning. 
Psalm 17, we, we're looking at verses 13 through 14. It gives us a perspective to the satisfaction we find in God. The second uh, uh, decision that I would like to make for myself is, as for me, I will be satisfied in the Lord. Look at verse four, uh, 13. It says, Arise, O Lord, disappoint him, cast him down, deliver my soul from the wicked, which is thy sword, from men which are thy hand, O Lord, from men of the world. Look at this next phrase, which have their portion in this life, and whose belly thou fillest with thy hid treasure. They are full of children and leave the rest of their substance to their babes. And then we find that phrase again in verse 15, as for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy likeness. That's, that's the decision. Where is our portion? Is our portion in this life? Or is our portion in Christ? Is our portion in the Lord? As for me, I will be satisfied with the Lord. I will be satisfied in the Lord. The wicked may be enjoying their portion in this life, but as for me, I shall be satisfied with thy likeness. Have you ever said to yourself, if I could only do this, or if I could only have this, and then I'd be satisfied, then I'd be content. Man, if I could only have that. Maybe it's an object, or maybe it's to do something on your bucket list. It's like, oh man, if I could only do that, then I'd be content. I, uh, I like Starbucks coffee. I'm going to confess my sins now. I just like coffee. Anybody else with me on that? Okay. I like coffee. And uh, Starbucks does this thing, I think once a year, maybe a couple times a year, where they call it Starbucks for life. And uh, there's a game you can play, and I, I looked up the chances, and there's this game piece that you have to have. Uh, you know, you order so much coffee, and order, it's just, it's a scam is what it is. But uh, you've got like one in 25,000 uh, chance to, to get this piece that you need to complete uh, your Starbucks for life and actually get that reward, and it's probably just, you know, once a week, you can get a coffee for, for the rest of your life, whatever it is. But uh, for me, I, I've been tempted to say, okay, maybe I'm going to play this game because I just, you know, maybe I'd be satisfied with Starbucks for life. There's uh, this company uh, that distributes meats. They, they ship out meats to your home, and, and they have this promotion going on right now that if you sign up, you could have bacon for life. Anybody like bacon in here? Bacon! Oh, coffee and bacon, that's something I can agree with. And uh, have it together for breakfast. Man, that's, that's the combo uh, made in heaven right there. Uh, coffee and bacon. Bacon for life. And of course, there's strings attached. All right, if, if you stop your shipments of meat, they stop your bacon for life, okay? So it's not forever. Uh, but uh, th there's, there's some things like that in, in my life that I, I've been tempted. You know, if, if I uh, had bacon for life, I might, I might be satisfied with that. I, I'd be okay with that. But Psalm 37, 25 says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. You know, we can find satisfaction in the Lord. We don't have to have bacon for life or coffee for life to be satisfied and, and uh, uh, be fulfilled in life. Man, the, the Lord, if we're righteous, if, if, if we uh, know him as our Savior, guess what? He meets our every need. He satisfies our longings. Uh, the, the desires that we have as, as, uh, as Christians uh, the, the Bible says he doesn't withhold that which is good from his children. We can be satisfied in Christ. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth 
in Him. Uh, we've, uh, a couple weeks now, you know, being, being in North Carolina for five years, it's come to the point where I get excited about seeing some snow flurries. I'm from Illinois. There's snow on the ground as we speak in Illinois, and it's been on the ground for a while. And uh, my family, if, if they're listening or watching, they're probably thinking, why in the world is Nathan getting ex excited about a few snow flurries? Well, that's because we don't get it much around here, right? And we get excited about it. Not too much, though, because we'll have to close everything down. But uh, you know how it goes. And uh, I, I was talking with uh, Michael, and, and uh, Grace and I were talking with Michael, and just talking about snow, and, and we went to Ollie's the other day and got a snow sled, and we got a snowball maker that you just stick it in the snow, and it makes a snowball. And uh, we're prepared, okay? We're ready for that big snow that comes, and, and we, we, we can do it. But uh, we were talking with Michael about snow, and, and he's looking outside. Is it snow out there yet? And I like, know it's not snowing out yet. We're just getting prepared for it. And I said, Michael, we, we can pray for snow. We can ask God for it. And uh, so we've, we've prayed for snow, and uh, it's amazing. Hey, God answered our prayers yesterday. It wasn't enough for a snowman, but I tell you what, I was, I was preparing for this lesson or uh, this message here uh, yesterday here at the church, and about 4.45 or so, um, I was on this second point where, I, as for me, I will be satisfied in the Lord. And uh, then I looked outside, and, and I actually saw Brother Dan's text first. He was, he was more excited about the snow than I was at first. And he said, it's snowing outside. And I looked outside, man, it is snowing out there. And I, I looked more, and it, man, it's coming down heavier, and these big, fluffy snowflakes coming down. It's like, man, this is awesome. I called Grace, and I said, Grace, look outside, it's snowing. It's like, is that what it is? Like, Grace forgot what snow looks like, because it's been a while. And I said, yes, it's snowing. And uh, Michael's looking at it, and, and uh, I, I, I think I heard him say it over the phone, or, or maybe Grace had repeated it to me. And uh, we didn't have to give him the words to say, but he said, God, give us snowing. As he looked outside, it's like, you know what, that is an answer to prayer. We have been praying for snow, buddy. And uh, we got out there, and he was so excited. It uh, took a few minutes to get his, his hat on and his snow coat on. And he grabbed his snowball maker, and uh, he went out there ready for the snow. And I got it on video, but, man, he was just excited. It was coming down, and he's trying to catch the snowflakes with his snowball maker. Oh, it was a great time. And uh, God is so good, because that's an answer to prayer. And guess what? I, I thought of that verse in Proverbs uh, 25, where it says, as cold of snow in the time of harvest, so is a faithful messenger to them that sent him, for he refresheth the soul of his master. I don't know about you, but seeing that snow yesterday, it was refreshing. And uh, to me, I thought about that point. Man, I'm, I'm satisfied. I'm satisfied in the Lord. Psalm 107 says, oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men, for he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. The question this morning is, are you satisfied? Are you satisfied? As for me, I will be satisfied in the Lord. Point number three. Decision number three. As for me, I will stand for the Lord. Take your Bibles this morning. Psalm 26. Psalm 26. Let's look at a few verses here. The Bible says in Psalm 26, and verse 9, it says, Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men in whose hands is mischief and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, there it is, as for me, I will walk in mine integrity, doing right when no one is watching, standing uh, when nobody else stands. Uh, redeem me and be merciful unto me. Verse 12, my foot standeth in an even place and in the congregations will I bless the Lord. I will stand for the Lord. 
You know, it all comes down to this. Who are, who are your associations? Who are you uh, walking with? Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, the blessed man's delight, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. Psalm 41, you don't have to turn there, but we see that phrase again. And as for me, thou upholdest me in mine integrity, and settest me before thy face forever. You know, David here in Psalm 41 and in uh, Psalm 26, he experienced betrayal. In Psalm 41, he says, it, it, was, it was my friend, one of my close friends, turned on me. One of my close friends turned their back and betrayed me. But David decided that even when friends forsake him, he'll stand for the Lord. Abraham Lincoln said, My concern is not whether God is on our side. My greatest concern is to be on God's side, for God is always right. Are you standing for God? Are you on His side this morning? As for me, I will stand for the Lord. Uh, number four, decision. As for me, I will make supplication to the Lord. Take your Bibles there to Psalm 69. Psalm 69, we find this phrase again of, as for me. And in Psalm 69 and verse 13, the Bible says, but as for me, let me back up so we, we see where we're at here. Uh, in verse 10, when I wept and uh, chastened my soul with fasting, that was to my reproach. I made sackcloth also my garments, and I became a proverb to them. They that sat in the gate speak against me. And I was the song of the drunkards. Verse 13, But as for me, my prayer is unto thee, O Lord, in an acceptable time, O God, in the multitude of thy mercy, hear me in the truth of thy salvation. You know, you can talk about me all you want. Uh, people can talk about us and make fun of us as Christians and what we do and say, oh, that's strange. People can betray you and people can throw mud at you, but for us, what, what can we do in response? Well, we can talk to God about it. Hey, people may be talking about us, but we can talk about them to the Lord. Man, we can talk to our dearest friend, uh, our friend Jesus. Uh, people may speak against us and people make fun of, uh, may make fun of us, but hey, I'm still going to walk and talk with the Lord. I'm still going to talk to him about my every need. Uh, Psalm 35, we see a, a very similar situation, and you can take your Bibles there if you'd like. I know we're flipping back and forth and back and forth. But uh, these are some good verses, and as we look at here, uh, that phrase again, as for me, Psalm 35 and uh, verse uh, 13. The Bible says, but as for me, when they were sick, who was sick? The, the verses before that says, when the wicked, when the wicked saw me in my reproach and in my sickness, they made fun of me. They mocked me, but yet... As for me, in verse 13, when they were sick, my clothing was sackcloth. I humbled my soul with fasting, and my prayer returned into my own bosom. What is, what is David saying here? He's saying, even though the enemies that I have, because they do wickedly, and uh, because the enemies uh, that I have make fun of me, I'm not going to return the same to them, but yet I'm going to pray for them. Jesus said, love your enemies, something that doesn't make quite sense to us, humanly speaking, logically speaking. But Jesus said that we ought to love our enemies. We ought to pray for those who, uh, who treat us wrongly. 
Just like Brother uh, Bruce Fry last week was talking about forgiveness. You know why it's so good to pray for our enemies? Uh, it's probably not much for their benefit, unless the Lord gets a hold of their heart and they turn things around uh, personally. But when I pray for my enemies, David said, my prayer returned to my, mine own bosom. Man, it, it's good for me to pray for those that, that hate me. Why is that? Because it prevents me from harboring bitterness in my heart. It helps me to forgive them. It helps me to keep my heart right with God. That is why it's important for us to pray for our enemies. It's amazing what God can do in your heart when you pray for your enemies. Decision number five. Uh, go, go back, please, to Psalm uh, 73. All right, flipping back. Here we go. Psalm 73. We read it before, but in verse 2 it says, But as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. He was discouraged, but yet in the, next, uh, in the latter part of that psalm, Asaph was encouraged because he said in verse 26, My flesh and my heart fail it, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Verse 28, But it is good for me to draw near to God, I have put my trust in the Lord God that I may declare all that works. Decision number five is, as for me, what I'm going to do is I will be established in the Lord. What does that word established mean? It means to uh, be firm, unwavering, immovable. We can be established in the Lord. We can be firm and unwavering and immovable in the Lord. Psalm 55, 22 says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Psalm 73, verse 26, we had already said, that my flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. Going into uh, 2 Thessalonians, there's a verse in uh, chapter 2, verse 2, it says, uh, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Later on in that chapter says, Now, O Lord, uh, our Lord Jesus Christ, Himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and hath given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, uh, in every good word and work. One more verse says in Isaiah 26, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. You know, during hurricanes and hurricane season, uh, maybe you've seen videos, and I I'm sure you have, or, uh, either on social media or on the news. But whenever a hurricane's coming in, we always get the clips uh, from, from the shore, right? The, the, the beach there that uh, the, the hurricane's going to first hit. And uh, it comes in, man, that hurricane wind is just blowing strong. And do uh, you ever notice in those videos that there's palm trees? And those palm trees are, are just blowing like crazy because of the wind. And, and to me, it, it's just it's bewildering to think, how in the world do those palm trees stand uh, against that much wind? How are those, the, the trees that we see, we don't see many toppled down palm trees. Why is that? Why, why are those the only trees that are up by the beaches? Why are those the only trees that, that, uh, that are standing in this area? And it's amazing for me to think about because those are the ones that endure the most storms. How is it possible? And so I began studying yesterday, uh, looking up uh, some facts about palm trees. And, and I was just curious, why in the world, how can they be the, the trees that, that withstand so much? Year after year, hurricane season after hurricane season. And I found two very interesting things. 
One thing about a palm tree is that uh, it's actually not a tree at all. It's, it's part of the grass family. Imagine that. And uh, they, unlike uh, trees that have the hard wood and very, uh, they're strong, and, uh, but, but they're not very bendable, right? You notice those palm trees during the storm, man, they're almost touching the ground. I mean, they're bending over so much. And uh, the, the first thing I saw was, yeah, the, their structure, the cell structure of a palm tree, it's, it's flexible. It's movable. It's malleable. I find it so important for us as Christians, if we're going to apply that to us and enduring some hurricanes in our life, that we ought to keep a soft heart. We ought to keep a flexible heart. Because what, what do storms do in our life? They don't hurt us, they help us. God allows things in our life to, to make us stronger. Uh, Job, obviously we know Job was, was tested and tried probably more than any other man beside, uh, besides Jesus. But yet he went through so much storm in his life, and, and he came out of that saying, hey, when God's tried me, I shall come forth as gold. There's a trying process. God is allowing this in my life to strengthen me some way or another. So instead of being like Pharaoh in Egypt and hardening my heart and not wanting God's way, man, I'm going to keep my heart soft. God helped me. God helped me to be established, but established enough to be able to stay soft and allow you to mold me and shape me and teach me what I need to do through this trial. Not only that, but uh, I was curious about the root system of a palm tree. I thought, man, how in the world can they, okay, you know, they can bend with the wind, and they can, they can endure the, the, and sustain those winds, but yet, how, how do they still not get toppled over? Well, palm trees, they don't have a deep tap root like uh, uh, normal trees do, uh, but they actually are only in the first 36 inches of the soil. But with their root system, it's like a grass where there's a bunch of little roots. You take out a clot of grass and you see all the roots, right? And not only do you take up the roots, but you take up a ton of dirt with grass, right? Same thing is true with the palm tree. And, and you have all this massive root system that spans across uh, 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 the surface and not necessarily deep. But what it does is all those little roots, they grasp onto as much soil as possible. You know, if our lives are going to be grounded in the Word of God, now, we ought to be grounded like a palm tree in the fact that, hey, all, these, all, all this word of God, man, when trials come, I'm going to grip onto that word of God. Man, all that soil, all those verses that come to my mind. Imagine if, imagine if uh, that soil that, that your roots grasp are the, the, the verses in the Bible that you've committed to memory. The verses in the, in the Bible that, that, that you remember when that trial comes. When, when you face those storms in life, and, and, and uh, the, like that palm tree, you have the root system. Do you know enough Bible to, to, to be able to call it to memory when you need it? And uh, yes, we need to stay in God's Word. We need to be rooted in, in God's Word. Let us be like that palm tree. Man, that, that root system, it grabs so much dirt. It's, even though it's not deep, man, it, it's heavy because it's got that dirt in its root system. And may we have the Word of God uh, that, that we grasp onto with our foundation. Let's be established. Let's be established in the Lord. My last point is this, and, and we'll be done. Take your Bibles there to Psalm 55. We're going to find one more of these as for me's. In Psalm 55, in verse 16, the Bible says, as for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. 
Evening and morning and at noon will I pray and cry aloud, and he shall hear my voice. You know what I find from this verse here? As for me, I will call upon God, and the Lord shall save me. As for me, I will be saved by the Lord. I will be saved by the Lord. Psalm 20, verse 6 says, Now know I that the Lord saveth his anointed. He will hear him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They are brought down and fallen, but we are risen and stand upright. Save, Lord, let the king hear us when we call. Now, first, obviously, for us uh, that are here this morning and thus that, uh, of us that are uh, watching either on Facebook or listening on the radio, first of all, we need to understand the saving grace of God. If you're not saved this morning and you don't know Christ as your Savior, that is the decision that you need to make this morning. You need to make sure that you are saved eternally, that you are saved by God from your sins so that you can have an eternal home in heaven. That's the first thing. And once you've decided to put your full faith and trust in Christ and become a Christian, a follower of Christ, we can also understand that salvation from our uh, enemies and salvation from our storms is also what we can experience as a Christian. Man, the storms uh, may blow, the, the, the wind may blow, and uh, we may see this world uh, just getting more wicked as the, as the days go on. But yet we must make a decision, Lord, I'm putting my full faith and trust in you, just like I did for salvation when I got saved. And may I trust you in my Christian life. When those battles come, when those storms come, when the wicked come, may I just trust you that you will save me. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. You may look around and say, okay, what, what can I grab onto? Oh, the storm's coming. Man, what, let me find a palm tree to grab onto so I don't blow away. Or we can say, you know what? My salvation is, is of God. God is going to save me. I, I don't know how. I don't know how he's going to work this out, but he's already promised that he's going to work all things together for good uh, to them that love God and to them who are the called according to his purpose. So therefore, I will make a decision. Hey, I am going to just rest in the Lord knowing that he will be my salvation in this situation. He will be the one to save me. He will be the one to protect me. He will be the one to give me hope not some chariots and not some horses, although many people believe, uh, trust in those things in the time of battle, but I will be saved by God. Remember in Genesis chapter 50, uh, we, we've got Joseph, and this is when he's already revealed himself to his brothers, and he's second in command in Egypt, and, and uh, he's uh, literally, he's, he's been the one that orchestrated uh, saving all that food in the time of plenty so that when the drought came and the seven years of famine came, then they would have enough food to, to save much people alive. Well, the brothers are now at the mercy of Joseph, and, and they're thinking, man, he's going to kill us for sure. But Joseph responded, but as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good to bring to pass, as it is this day, to save much people alive. God is still in the saving business. God is still in control. No matter what you're going through today in your life, God knows, and he sees, and he's waiting for us to make the decision, as for me, as for me, I will be saved by the Lord. As for me, I will be established in the Lord. As for me, and I, I'm going to talk to God about it, I'm going to make supplication to the Lord. God, would you help us, Lord, to, to, to be strong, 
God, would you help us to, 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 to make it possible for us to serve you, to choose you, to obey you, and to worship you? There's this song, and I'll close with this. I choose the Lord. The verse goes, like Daniel, let me stand. Like Paul, let me pray. Like Jesus, let me give my life for you. When the rest have turned and gone and I'm standing all alone, Lord, let these words be what I say to you. I choose to fight. I choose the right. I choose to take a stand like those gone on before. No doubt I'll win. Christ will defend. There's no turning back until I reach that shore. I choose the Lord. What do you choose this morning? As for me, I will serve the Lord. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.